Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one joyous page of Talmud every day. And could there be a bigger joy, a greater simcha than that of a wedding? Well, that's exactly what the Talmud has in mind on today's page, Yevamot 29. Have, have a listen. The Mishnah says, In the case of three brothers, two of whom were married to two sisters and one who was single, the following occurred. Never accuse the Talmud of not having Shanda Rhymes-like levels of plot development. The husband of one of the sisters died childless, leaving behind his wife, and a single brother performed leveret betrothal, ma'amar, to this wife. The single brother performed an act of betrothal to the Yevama, but did not yet consummate the marriage by engaging in sexual intercourse. Afterward, the second brother died, and therefore the second brother's wife, the sister of the betrothed, happened before the single brother for leveret marriage as well. Now, there are two ways, like every single bit of Talmud to read this particular passage. The one is to kind of really dive down into the halachic question of, well, what happens in this case? A brother dies, the single brother performs the betrothal, but doesn't yet consummate the marriage. And then the second brother dies. And the question is, well, was the marriage really a marriage? Which leads us to the second way of reading this passage, which is a kind of more theoretical or figurative, because what the Talmud is really asking in this question is, what makes a marriage a marriage? Is it just a ceremony? Is it the physical act of consummation? Or is it something deeper, more magical, more mysterious? And so we're seeking here uh, an absolute expert on the subject of marriage. And we have the great honor of being joined by Tablet's very own Samantha Hacker, who is a world-renowned expert on all things pertaining to weddings and marriages because she got married we're recording this on Monday. Uh, when was your wedding? Oh, uh, so, you know, Saturday night, like 36 <laughs> hours ago or something. So you're 36 hours into the game, which makes you the absolute person to ask this question because you have given it more thought probably than anyone, uh, at least all of us who are old hands at this, have in a very long time. So uh, first of all, Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you. And now tell us kindly, having been married now for 36 hours, <laughs> what? What makes a marriage a marriage? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, I definitely am the person who knows about this much more than the people who are at my wedding who've been married 60 or 70 years. So it's definitely a good thing you're asking me. What makes a marriage a marriage? The phrase mutual support and respect came up a lot this weekend. And I don't know. It actually, it's funny because I have that with other people, with friends and whatever. But I think that to me is at least what makes my marriage and hopefully will make my marriage. There's just this kind of mutual support. This like I'm thinking of the word equity but it's or equality, but it's really not that. It's just this like complete and utter dedication between two people to the well being of the other person. Again, thirty six hours in, cannot guarantee that uh that, that that's, uh, I was going to say the correct answer. I'm always looking for the right answer. I hate being wrong. You say some, some terms and restrictions may apply. Now, right, right, right. But, but when you're thinking about this, I know in all seriousness, one, one of the reasons, uh, there are many reasons why we ask you to be here, including your, you know, your wisdom and grace. But as you're going through this process and working with a rabbi to create what I, I am I understand, was a very moving ceremony. You're thinking about these issues a lot. And so when you're there, just the two of you talking about the ceremony, talking about the day that uh, will mark your, your passage into married life, what do these conversations sound like? What What is it that you are 
before the fact, trying to generate as the sort of basis for, for this marriage. Throughout the process of planning our wedding and talking to our rabbi and talking to each other, we we talked a ton about the home we wanted to create and what the vibe would be of that home. Alex and I are both really into like immersive experiences. We both love theater and we both pay attention to lighting and restaurants and the music. And we're very detail oriented about the vibe. Um, and so we talked a lot about what kind of home we wanted to create. And that was a real change for me when I, you know, even five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I would have never thought about like, well, what is going to be the vibe of the home I create with my husband? And even when we were planning the wedding, we were really thinking about, well, what's what's going to be the day? What's the day going to be like? What's the party going to be like? We really, really wanted people to be dancing a lot. And we had all this focus on like what the wedding was going to be like and the vibe of the wedding. But it actually really came down to what is the vibe of our home going to be? Um, we both make each other laugh a lot. And I think that is for us going to be the foundation of of everything of our marriage, making sure that we're always keeping each other in good spirits. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we actually are ketubah. We, we wrote, we wrote our own ketubah after the, the traditional first paragraph. Um, and we, we basically described the home that we would build and how it will be echoing laughter and joy and mutual respect and support. Some of the things I was talking about before, but yeah, that's been kind of, it's, I'm a very visual person. So even just thinking about the visuals of what our home will kind of give off, what kind of vibe it will give off has been something that now that we're done with that, now we kind of have to live what we've been talking about. So I made sure this morning when we woke up that we were laughing a lot. That's so beautiful to hear. Now, I, I know uh, from experience, or rather I, I recall somewhere in the dim recesses of my mind because it was so long ago that as you are busy getting married, a lot of people come up to you with advice. Well, you know, the one thing, the one secret to keeping a happy marriage going <laughs> is uh, what are some of the words of wisdom that you heard uh, from friends and loved ones going into this joyous weekend you just It's had? funny. uh We've gotten a ton of it. We've asked for some of it and we've received a ton. But actually, when we were taking photos um, on the wedding day, this couple walked by us and they said, we've been married for 36 years. And Alex and I look at each other and say, oh, double high. And uh, we said, well, what's the, <laughs> what's the secret to your success? And it was something that we've heard from everyone, from my tablet colleagues to my mother to I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg once said this, which is that a good marriage sometimes have to be a little deaf. And you kind of have to let some things go and pretend that you didn't hear some things. Um, that was a really popular one. Uh, I've heard mixed um, advice from different people. Some people said never go to bed mad. Some people said you can go, you, you can go to bed mad. You have to wake up and fix it. But I think the you have to be a little deaf has has been the the one that most people have agreed on, which is just to sort of let things go. I don't let things go easily, so. I'm really going to have to work on that. Alex is really good at that. I'm not so much. <laughs> Some people say you never go to bed angry. I say never go to bed hungry. <laughs> Samantha Hacker, thank you so much for being our guest. And more importantly, Mazel Tov. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. 
The show is hosted by me, Liel Libowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.